So over the, the last four times that I've spoken, I've been talking about, please, knowing Jesus and making Jesus known, okay? Knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. So the vital importance of us knowing Jesus and making him known. It's, it's our ambition, it's our desire, it's what we want, it's our vision for to be a, a group uh, of people, a community of faith that walk with our God, that know him and are so ably well to make him known to others through our words and through our deeds and through our presence that Jesus would be lifted up high, that he would be known, that people would come flocking to him, running to him, knowing him, experiencing him, and them saying, I don't believe just because you believe, I believe because I've met him. Wow. That's what we want, isn't it? That's what we want to live with and for, our living God, and him changing this world that we live in. So what I want to start doing today is start thinking about what is coming against us. What comes against people making an initial decision for Jesus? For, for someone to come to that place of faith, for someone to be born again of the Spirit. What's coming against um, them and what is coming against uh, those that are saying, I believe in Jesus, I want to be committed to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I, w- I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And yet, other things seem far more interesting, fulfilling, worthwhile. Dis- you know, we just get distracted by stuff. What is stopping us, that vision of knowing and walking with our God and making him known? What is stopping it? What is coming against it? And so the Bible tells us the answer. Church history, church tradition tells us uh, the answer. What is coming against us to seeking to stop us knowing Jesus, knowing him is loving him, loving him is obeying him. Obeying him is becoming like him. What is stopping that happening in our lives? What is preventing that being taking place? Well, the Bible talks about the world, the flesh, and the devil. So that's what we're going to be thinking about. And um, we've, got, we've got our Bible. So we're going to turn to James chapter 3. We are going to... F- there you go. James chapter 3. So I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Oh, look, it's, it's up there. So, if you are wise and understand God's way, prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But... If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. So, 
think about what he's saying. There's a wisdom of God and there's a wisdom not from God. And the wisdom not from God is earthly, unspiritual and demonic. Or another way of saying that, it is worldly, it is of the world, it is unspiritual, it is uh, sensual in nature, it is a natural nature, it is of the flesh, it is of the sinful nature, what uh, Anthony was reading out from Romans 8, earlier about the sinful nature, the flesh nature. And then demonic, well, demon-like or devilish of the devil. So we can see that there is a wisdom of the world, the flesh, and the devil that seems right to people. It seems right to get bitter and resentful and jealous. That seems like it's the right and wise thing to do for lots of people. Have you ever seen that and recognised that? Okay. Yes? Yeah? Okay. Let's turn on to um, Ephesians chapter 2. And verses 1 to 3 says this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So in Ephesians there, we see that there are the ways of the world. There is the devil at work pulling the strings, and then there's the flesh and the sinful nature. So there's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so what I want us to think about and look at today is about the world. So in, in, in the Greek, there are at least three different meanings in the New Testament. So there's the world as in creation, the world as in, as in the universe, the created universe, and the earth. So, you know, we would say that's a good thing. In fact, someone did once say when he did his creation work, that is good. That is very good. So we've got the world in that sense. Then we've got the, the world in the sense that we all read out earlier, John 3.16. For God so loved the world. So God so loved the world, so loved the Okay, so loved people. So there's, that, there's a sense of the word world as being people, people like you and me. God does not hate people. God loves people. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved people. So there's that sense of creation, what God has done that is good. It's a people of humanity that he loves. And then... There's this ungodly operating system that is working 
in the background where the strings are being pulled by the evil one, the devil, Satan, in, in, in working in the world that we live in. Okay? So, the, the system of this, of this world the, is the practices, what people do, the standards, what people live up to, associated with a society of people that lives as if there is no God. There is no God. God doesn't exist. No God. So I live my life as if God doesn't exist. God isn't real. But then in the world system, it's even more than that. It's not just saying that God isn't there. It's an anti-God. It's coming against God. It's rebellious towards God. It doesn't want anything to do with God, and it doesn't want God's word and opinion to be known and said anywhere. Dallas Willard wrote this. Um, The world is our cultural and social practices that under the control of Satan and thus opposed to God. So we're living in a fallen world. Go back to Genesis, Adam and Eve. A world that's fallen away from God's uh, original design and purpose. And is now powerfully influenced by sin and by Satan. So the world lives in rebellion against its creator. So the world that we live in rebels against its creator. It's everywhere. And it has a different perspective, a different view on life to God's view. It's got a different opinion to God's. So, the world that we live in fundamentally disagrees with God. So, if God says something is good, the world says, no, that's bad. If God says something is bad, the world we live in says, no, 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 it is good. What the world does, it redefines and twists what God says. So, if God says, that is evil and wrong, don't touch it, don't go near, don't, don't, don't go near it, the world says, Touch it, go near it, do it. The world says, this is great, this is right. God says, no, this is not. But then if God says, this is great, this is right, the world says, no, 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 that is bad. You don't want to do that. Just something something simple but really life-changing. Something like forgiveness. God's truth is that forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness works. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness is is what God wants. It's what Jesus modelled. But the world, there's no way the world wants to forgive anyone. You owe me. You owe me. You owe me big time. Bitterness, resentment, jealousy, getting your own back. That's the way of the world. And so... If we are living in the world, the things of God don't compute. And even if we're following Jesus, the things of Jesus often don't compute. Because what he's saying is so different to the world that we live in, and we live in this world. And we eat and drink this world. Apart from 
we don't eat and drink Jesus enough, but we certainly eat and drink the world 24-7, every day, week in, week out, submerged by the world's values. And so the world that we live in denies God's truth and it peddles lies. It sells lies. Like, just think of advertising. I'm, I'm constantly amazed at advertising that people pay so much money, so much money, millions of pounds to advertise. The only reason they do it is because it works. Because people like you and me are influenced and want that. We don't just want it, we need it. How did I ever live my life without having that thing or doing that thing? I need that. And so we get twisted and rather than thinking, all I need is Jesus. He is my one fount. He is the one source of life. He's what I need. We need well, we just need so many other things, don't we? How can we... Sorry? Stuff. Stuff, smart. Yes. All you really need is much more stuff. No. The world we live in will tell us that Jesus is not important, that Jesus is not vital, that Jesus is not necessary. You don't need saving. You don't need a king. You, well, you're powerful, you are, you're strong. You can do what you like. It's your life. It's your body. It's your choice. Live without God. Live without godly community. Live in independence. Live in isolation. It's all about you. It's all about me. Sin is powerful. The world is powerful and it has an influence on us. But let's have a look at what Jesus said about the world. So uh, Mark chapter 8. Says this. Well, Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 35. Then Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news... You will save it. Can you, can you hear that? It doesn't make any worldly sense, but it makes a load of kingdom sense. When the king, the good news of the king being at work, when the king is speaking, when the king is saying, if you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. You must take up your cross. Follow me. If you try and hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Trust God with your life. John chapter 15 and verses 18 to 19.
Jesus said this, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. So the world hates those that want to know Jesus and make him known. The world is opposed to us wanting to know Jesus and make him known. Hates us. Then John 17, verse 11, says this. Now I am, so this is Jesus praying, speaking. Now I am departing from the world. They, the disciples, are staying in this world. But I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. I'm going to carry on reading verse 12. During my time here, I protected them by the power of your name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scripture foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. So this world is not our home. So Jesus sees the world as an enemy, as an adversary, as an opponent. The world will apply pressure to us so that we would break agreement and alignment with King Jesus. When we're really seeking to follow him and live the way of Jesus, the world will come crashing into us with its opinion, with its morals, with its sexual practices, with its fear, with the media, with social media. And it will carry the message of the world, which isn't good news. It's what the world's people do. That's what they do. But if we're honest, that's what we will do. We will live just like the world if we're not proactive, if we're not intentional, if we're not purposefully choosing to do the will of God. If we don't purposely choose to will the, do the will of God and monitoring that, the chances are we will fall into the ways of the world. The world has obvious ways and so we can be noticing that. Who are you kidding? But, you know, there are such subtle ways of coming against those who want to know Jesus and make him known. And so we need to be alert. We need to be noticing. We need to be recognising what is really going on here. And we need to be asking ourselves constantly some questions. So as we go on, we ask ourselves questions and, and we pray in God, Lord, would you help me to recognise what is going on? What is going on around me, but what is going on in my own heart and mind? What am I thinking? What decisions am I making? 
What things am I planning to say to that person next time I see them? In what ways have I been assimilated to the way of the world? I I don't know how many Trekkies are here. There used to be a few, but not anymore. But the, the Starship Enterprise, part of the Federation, they've got an enemy called the Borg. And the Borg strapline is resistance is futile. Futile. We, we are going to assimilate you. We're going to suck you into our collective. You are going to become like us. We are going to overwhelm you, overpower you, and we're going to include you into our collective so that you are no more, you're not the distinct different person that you are. You're part of this. Resistance is futile. You can't do anything about it. We are going to get you. And now, you know what? That I believe, is what the world says. The world is out to get us. And the world says resistance is futile. Like, when we think about things that are going on in this world from a Jesus perspective and look at it, it seems overwhelming. There is so much pain, difficulties, uh, trials, temptations. There's so much evil going on. What can we do about it? What can we do about it? We can usher in the kingdom of God. We can manifest the presence and and the kingdom of heaven on this earth. That is our job. That is our role in all sorts of ways. But if we're pinned back, constantly thinking, well, what can I do? Well, that, that is only a little bit. I can only do that little bit. If we're not convinced that by following Jesus and the way of Jesus, by knowing him and loving him and obeying him and and making him known. If we're not convinced that that is making a difference to this world, then we might as well not bother. We need to be convinced. We need to know, like, I am an ambassador of heaven. This is not my home. This is my temporary assignment. I live in the world, but I'm not of it. I'm a citizen of heaven. I bring the kingdom of God into earth now. That is my job. So if I live as if Jesus is my king and in obedience to him, that will usher in the kingdom of God. Living with him, reading our Bibles, praying, fasting, giving, uh, meeting together in godly fellowship, um, being in, in silence and solitude. All those spiritual practices that we do, they are a spiritual weapon. It's a battle that we're in against the world. If you sit and watch Netflix all night, what are you going to look like in the morning? Yeah? If all you do is eat and drink and like... We need to be caught up with Jesus more than the world that we're in. Otherwise, we'll lose the battle that we're in. Not because Jesus isn't strong enough, but because the decisions and the choices we make aren't good enough. We make bad choices. We make bad choices because it feels better to us or we want it. But these desires and these things are all put into us by the enemy. So, uh, you know, check. What am I thinking about? What are my attitudes? What is my behaviour like? Do I look like Jesus or do I look like the world? Be honest about it. What lies am I believing? Who or what am I actually putting my trust in? 
Where have I drifted or fallen from my identity in Christ? Who I am in Christ really matters. Uh, where have I fallen or slipped away from my, my purpose in Christ? You know, what he wants us to do, the purpose he's got for us, it really matters. What about if I slipped and fallen away from my inheritance, my hope in Christ, that, I, you know, I've got the glory of heaven to look forward to. I'm so convinced of that that I'll put up with anything here and now because of Jesus and what he's giving to me. The world wants to pull us away from knowing Jesus and make him known. Turn your Bibles to 1 John. One John, chapter two, verses fifteen to seventeen. So John, who wrote the Gospel of John, is writing this: Do not love this world, nor the things it offers. So remember, we're not talking about creation. We're not talking about people. We're talking about this wicked operating system and the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. It's a warning. Don't love the world. So the NIV talks about physical pleasure. The NIV says the lust of the flesh. The NLT talks about cravings for what we see. The NIV talks about the lust of the eyes. The NLT talks about pride in our achievements and pride in our possessions. NIV talks about the pride of life. The world will want to present us uh, with sexual temptation, with food, with drink, with gluttony, with envy, with discontentment, with a sense of, look at me, look at who I am, look at what I've done, look at what I've achieved, look at what I've got, look at me. Aren't I great? Aren't I wonderful? Well, no, you're not. But we fall for it all the time. See, Jesus, now he is great and he is wonderful and he is worth looking at and he is worth copying and he is worth, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. But the world, like, haven't you seen celebrity culture, fame culture? People are now famous for being Famous. They're not even good at anything and they're famous. And then people go, oh, we want you to do this thing. It's bonkers. It is bonkers, isn't it? But why is it bonkers? Because the world is wanting to keep people's eyes of true greatness, of servant-heartedness, of someone who would give his life up for someone else, who's someone who would come and serve someone else. The world doesn't want to, you know us to be like that, like Jesus. He wants us to be different. And so we need to recognise when we're saying, I need, are we really saying, 
I want. You see, lust and cravings like this, it's love deformed, it's love bent out of shape, it's love bent in on self. It's all about me, it's what I want, it's what I need, it's loving me, but not in a healthy, uh, godly way, in a polluted, defiled, evil, ungodly, yucky, horrible, (coughs) ugh. See, if my worth and my value are in what I've owned, what I've got and what I do, then I deserve it. There's my worth. There's my value. But, you know, people use people and value stuff. We should be valuing people and using stuff. We should be valuing people and using stuff to help people. But the world doesn't want that. The world wants people to be in slavery. The world wants us to be buying our new trainers and our coffee and our stuff like that without a jot of thought to anybody else. I want my flash ring. I want my car. I want this. I want that. Someone else is paying. Someone else is suffering because it's the way of the world. And the kingdom of God thinks differently. Jesus thinks differently about people. People that we are happy to tread on and walk over for our convenience because we don't... I'm not saying that you would walk down the road and do that to someone, but because it's hidden away, because we protect ourselves from viewing it, because we don't want to be bothered by it. But, you know, we need to expose ourselves to the things of this world so that we can carry the love and compassion of Jesus to people and stand up for things and make our little stand. It might be a little stand, but it's our stand. It's what we can do here now and we can grow into it. We're not to hold tightly to this world. It's fading away. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. He's the father of eternity. He gives us eternal life. We must be more bothered about the the world now because we know our future. We don't need to hang on to everything. And and throughout history, the church, when the church was was being well and working well and people, they were different to the world. They were markedly different. They weren't like everyone else. And have you seen what happens in the church in the West? They want to be like everyone else. So they want a celebrity doing this. They want the lights. They want the noise. They want the fame. They want the fortune. That is not there. It is in the world. And so the world creeps in to the church. We think we've been taken out, and we have, but actually the world is in us. So we might have been taken out of the world by Jesus, and now he's trying to pump us so we puke out the world and become pure. There's a process of him working in us and through us. We're called to be holy. We're called to be different. And so we... We, what can we do about it? We need to limit the world's influence on us. You will know what you will need to limit. Or if you don't know, you'll discover it. We need to limit the world's influence on us. And we need to increase the God, our godly influence on the world. If we limit the world's influence on us, be with Jesus, that increases us being more like Jesus 
to do to do like to live in this world. So submitting to King Jesus, not to the world, is the right thing. If, you, if we want to be the right person in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing, in the right way, we need to submit ourselves to Jesus. If we don't, we are just going to be like the world, and there's no difference. We need to do the right thing and keep on doing the right thing. And the right thing would be for me to end now. So, do I belong to God? Honestly, do I belong to God or do I belong to the world? Am I a citizen of heaven or am I really in this world? We need to think about that, church. I need to think about that more. We need to be challenged by Jesus. And so, Lord, we we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we we gain, the joy that we gain. But we also recognise we get a, a kick in the seat of our pants as well. And so, Lord, we want to be challenged by you. We want to be challenged to remain in you, to know you, to walk with you, and to be different from this world. Help us to limit the influence of the world on us, we pray. And Lord God, will you increase our godly influence, we pray. For your glory, for your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.